coming this November. From the network that brings you the pub trivia experience, boozy bracketology, and frenemy trivia, a new word game podcast that promises to entertain you in 30 words or less, or it's free, Verboten. Listen in every Tuesday as two teams of competitors square off to try to prove that they have the best words. They'll be joined by our host, the hardest working woman in trivia, Jay Borsum of Liquid Courage Entertainment. In round one, our players will have to prove their word association skills. In round two, their memory will be tested. And in round three, they'll have to untangle the clues that Jay herself has to offer. No two clues will be alike, because on this show, repeating yourself is strictly verboten. Coming soon to the PTE Network. Aaron, which French seafaring explorer, photographer, and filmmaker is known as the father of scuba diving? Jacques Cousteau. Jacques Cousteau is a correct answer. Matt, what journalist born in Webster, South Dakota, wrote The Rise and Fall of Richard Nixon and The Greatest Generation? Oh, what is that guy's name? (sighs) McCullough. I'm sorry, the answer is Tom Brokaw. Carmela, who was the first American to win the Tour de France? Um, Armstrong. I'm sorry, the answer is Greg LeMond. Sarah, still popular today, C.M. Coolidge's famous paintings of dogs playing poker were originally advertisements for what? Probably cigarettes. I'll accept it. It's cigars. Aaron, a 17th century wood carving of three monkeys with distinct hand positioning by Hidari Jungaro was the first appearance of which godly proverb? See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. See no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil is a correct answer. Matt, in what horror film does a disturbed romance novel enthusiast repeatedly gush? I am your number one fan. Misery. Misery is a correct answer. Carmela, which infamous feathered ensemble worn by Bjork was displayed at the Museum of Modern Art in 2015? Swan dress. Swan dress is a correct answer. Sarah, what scientist sold his Nobel Prize in 2014 for $4.1 due to being shunned from the scientific community for his history of racist and offensive comments? Is that Watson? James Watson is a correct answer. Aaron, the America's Cup is the oldest continually operating international competition in any sport. What sport is it associated with? Yachting. Yachting or sailing is a correct answer. Matt, the offices Pam and Jim famously got married at which tourist destination? Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is a correct answer. Carmela, what is the boiling point of water in Celsius? 100. 100 is a correct answer. Sarah, the famous line, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, was almost censored from which classic film? Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind is a correct answer. Aaron, typically flavored with caraway seeds, what spirit derives its name from the Latin for water of life? Aquavit. Aquavit is a correct answer. Matt, which musical megastar's 2011 pregnancy announcement set a Guinness World Record for the most tweets per second? Beyonce. Beyonce is a correct answer. Carmela, what popular movie was based on a 1976 magazine article about the 2001 Odyssey nightclub? Uh, 54? I'm sorry, the answer is Saturday Night Fever. Sarah, calling itself America's third largest party, what group promotes, quote, minimum government, maximum freedom? The Libertarians? The Libertarian Party is correct. 
And now we hit the Revenge of the Frenemies round where we've asked your runners up from your episodes to provide a question for you. You will have a little more time to work these out and they will be worth 200 points. And thank you to our Revenge writers. Aaron, your question comes from Carrie Christian. How many tears did Question Mark and the Mysterians cry? 96. 96 is a correct answer. Matt, your question comes from Brian Nash. Digging deep into Star Trek lore, which Federation officer memorably used a piece of Starfleet equipment as a hand puppet while on a mission at the Amargosa Observatory in 2371? Lieutenant Commander Data. Commander Data is a correct answer. Carmela, your question also comes from Brian Nash. While prolific author Neil Gaiman has written 30-plus novels and fiction books, his very first book book was a nonfiction biography of which MTV darling 80s band? The Buggles? I'm sorry, the answer was Duran Duran. And Sarah, your question comes from Michael Bainey. In the English language, there are, there is a grammatically correct sentence that is a that is eight words long, but each word is the same. What word is it? Buffalo. Buffalo is a correct answer. And at the end of the hot seat round, Aaron, you have 600 points. Matt, you have 500 points. Carmela, you have 200 points. And Sarah, you have 600 points. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia. First was the hot seat round. Each player received five questions worth 100 points each. Next, teams will be randomized with their hot seat scores combined and 1,000 points added to each team. Teams will receive up to four sets of three questions. Each team will answer the same questions and wager 100, 200, or 300 points on their confidence. They will gain or lose their wager based on whether they get it right or not. They will also bet those same values on how difficult they think it will be for their opponents. If their opponent gets it correct, they lose their wager. But if their opponent gets it wrong, they will win their bet. After four sets of questions or when a team runs out of points, the first round will end with the team with fewer points being eliminated. At this point, the friends become the enemies. The remaining team will divide whatever points they have left and play again against each other with the same rules. In this round, locking in an answer will trigger a 30-second timer for the other player to register their answer. After four sets of questions, or when a player runs out of points, we will crown this week's Frenemy Champion. Now, let's start the show. Welcome to Frenemy Trivia, where friends quickly become enemies. I'm your host, Tim Dipple, and tonight we have the second match of our Tournament of Frenemies. If these names sound familiar, it's because these lovely folks have already been crowned Best Frenemy of the Week and are competing to be Best Frenemy of the Season. And joining me to run this inaugural tournament is my co-host and Best Frenemy, the Kel to my Keenan, Brittany Shaw. Brittany, how you doing? What you drinking? Uh, hey, Tim. <laughs> I thought you were going to continue that sentence for a second. So <laughs> I did, too, and then I realized uh, that's the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I am doing pretty okay. It's uh, ridiculously warm for it actually being fall now. So uh, I was supposed to go to the pumpkin patch today, and we decided to move that to a more folly type feeling day. 
Um, so, uh, you call me the Keltier Keenan, and I do like orange soda. I don't have one to drink, but what I do have to drink tonight is a signature select cherry cola, naturally flavored soda. So, is that the Safeway brand? Uh, it's yeah, basically. I think it's the Kroger brand, or no, oh, uh, yes, uh, Jewel Osco brand. Oh wow! Very nice. Very nice. Uh, you you say you almost went to a uh, pumpkin patch. We actually did take my kid mm. pumpkin picking today because this is as fall as it gets being 80 degrees in North Carolina on October 1st. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we took him. He loved it. He loves pumpkins. Uh, so we did that. Um, I'm going to jump ahead and open my beer here because mm-hmm. on the note of orange soda, I actually have from Three Daughters Brewing the Florida Orange IPA. Okay. Uh, this is out of uh, somewhere in Florida, St. Petersburg. <laughs> um, <laughs> the messiest opening. Did you did you shake it before you opened it? <laughs> Man, it's too bad the podcasts are an audio medium because that was awesome. Is your keyboard okay? <laughs> He's wearing it in his lap. <laughs> he took great pains before all of you logged on to show me his setup with like his 18 different screens <laughs> and all the phones that he's got around. <laughs> that was a frenemy first. <laughs> Hopefully a frenemy last, but you know. <laughs> Y'all good. It smells good. <laughs> okay how's that head there tim (laughs) we haven't even started and tim's already wet (laughs) (laughs) and smells of orange which is quite weird (laughs) and yet relaxing i don't get it don't yuck his yum carmella (laughs) that's true you know some people are you know just into to scent It's aromatherapy. <laughs> like part of me wonders if I should just like do the introductions, but at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to steamroll Tim. We're good. I've heard of people being into wet and messy. I've never seen anybody in the wet and messy. <laughs> now I did tonight. It's like, Hey Tim, how's your head? Any <laughs> complaints? Complaints, <laughs> yeah. Now, now that I chugged half a beer to start. <laughs> Better chug the other half too. That sounds like a new tradition. I did not expect that I was going to shotgun a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Only nine o'clock on a Sunday. (laughs) The regular crowd shuffles. Let's meet all our questions. What do you say? Uh, First off, in Fargo, North Dakota, or Narnia, uh, Aaron, Aaron, how you doing and what you drinking? I'm fantastic, Tim. Pause for effect. I'm having a great time here in insert city name here. Uh, I'm having a good time. Too. You th- how how warm was it in North Carolina today? 82. 82. It was a cool, mild 91 degrees in Fargo today. Good God. Mm. Welcome to North Dakota and seriously mother nature smokes meth this time of year so we don't know what we're getting at all uh i'm doing well twisted my knee earlier this week but i mean i'm getting through it just fine and you know i'm here with awesome people and tim so it should be a good time tonight <laughs> and what's your fed- frenemy spirit 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta pick up my boyfriend any way I can tonight for our squishy pleasure. I am assuming. Let's make it two for two. Uh, we've got from Surly Brewing in Minneapolis, Minnesota, a can of their Surly Lemonade Refreshing Ale. That does sound good. I'll be the judge of that. Sounds perfect for a 90-degree day. And just for you, Tim? (laughs) (laughs) Chug, chug, do it! (laughs) Dang! (laughs) All right! (laughs) That's my boyfriend, ladies and gentlemen, and fellow friends of age. We are off to a great start. Yeah, that's also a friend of me first. Um, I'm impressed. Drew on the show. Yeah. How how have we had Drew on the show multiple times, and this is the first one that's choked a beer? Because (laughs) Drew goes hard liquor on our show. Oh, fair, fair, fair. It's only PTE where he kills a six pack of Bud Light Mm -hmm. in a half hour. Um. Anyway, we're only we're only four minutes into the recording, Tim, and we've already got you wet and hard liquors in the room. I mean, I don't get (laughs) this. Okay. Wait, how hard is this show getting tagged with the e-tag on this one? <laughs> on that note, let's head out to San Diego, California. Where Matt- I want to know who Aaron's frenemy is. Oh, yeah. I forgot yeah, to ask, ask that question. Uh, who would you consider your frenemy? Uh, most of the time, you know, I really don't have one. I like everybody. I love everyone. Uh, most of the time, I consider the government my frenemy. I mean, let's be honest. They're everybody's frenemy at this point. But in this moment... My frenemy is Brittany Shaw. <laughs> Just keep getting my name right for the rest of the recording, and we'll be fine here. I wore. She hasn't wore screwed it up today. I have not. Not this recording. Curse not yet. Not inevitable trail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, now LBC. let's head out to San Diego, California, where Matt Kirk awaits. Matt, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your friend of me? Hello to the podcast audience. Uh, I'm doing great. I'm just finished up my week at work, so I'm looking forward to a lovely weekend with starting off with uh, all of you lovely folks. Uh, tonight, I will be imbibing the lesser of the Mountain Dews, the regular high fructose corn syrup, but not the Mountain Dew throwback that I miss so very, very much, and I wish they would put to market again. But there you go. Very nice. nice. Who's your friend of me? Oh, my friend of my friend of me. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I, I've been looking at that thing for like 20 minutes and going like, man, I really want to open that. Um, hmm. I said Brian Nash last time. No, that's not true. I said Gary Middleton last time. Uh, yeah, he's still a friend of me, number one for me. He's uh, he's vexing. Well, we are glad to have you back. Uh Next up in Jacksonville, Florida, we welcome back Carmela Smith. Carmela, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your friend of me? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's this is my my second time recording today. I recorded my show earlier today, uh, so it's a full day for me. Uh, right now, I am still in my my sour era. Um, so I have out of Boston, Massachusetts, from Clown Shoes Beer. Uh, a fruititorium, which is a raspberry and orange, uh, blood orange uh, sour, and it's Ooh. quite delightful. That sounds lovely. 
I do Ooh. like clown shoes. Because um, as, as most people know, I, I do joke around. So all of my shoes are clown shoes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> am I in front of me? Um, I don't know, is it weird to say that myself? Um, no. <laughs> like I, have, I have to start editing. And editing is, uh, is a whole thing on its own. And I'm going to be fighting myself in a couple days trying to get that done. So I'm going to say I'm going to say myself. Uh, and that is a genuine answer just because of what I have to do this week. <laughs> well, Carmela, it's no surprise to me. You are your own worst frenemy. Yeah, it's true. I have sang that at karaoke. So. <laughs> you, you stole the words directly out of my mouth. <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth. Oh. Well, Carmela, it is great to have you back. Uh, and I discovered that what happened with my beer is it was actually frozen inside. And yeah. Oh, so you're having a beer slushy. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've I've switched. I'm now drinking a. Intuition Ale Works West Coast I uh, the I ten West Coast IPA. You're welcome. Are you gonna open it or are you gonna like make sure it's not frozen first? <laughs> it was not in the section that gets frozen. Okay. This time. There okay, we no explosions. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, in Redlands, California, we welcome back. The pioneer of the Calori crash, Sarah Calori. Sarah, how you doing? What you drinking? And who would you consider your friend of me? I'm I'm pretty fabulous. Um, I am drinking. It looks gigantic. Um, a, an Escape Craft Brewery. What are you talking about? It looks gigantic. That is. It is. I'll tell you as we go in a minute. So it's Escape Craft Brewery. They are in Redlands by me. They're like down the street. It is their cheeky tiki, um, which is what they call all their like kind of tropical inspired uh, sour IPAs and they rotate the fruit. I totally tried to remember what the three fruits in this were and I don't, um, but I'm sure it's good. I've never had a bad one. It is gigantic because they have, have any of you seen Crowlers before? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So they didn't have this in cans ready to go. So I got a crow, a gigantic Crowler. So once I pour it, I'm going to put it back in the fridge so it doesn't just okay. get warm. Um, so my giant tiki, and I got the Crowler so it would make the noise too. <laughs> like a Growler. Wait. Oh God. There Ooh, we go. Nice. Pretty good. <laughs> Little echo. Nice. And then while I pour, my friend of me, I was thinking about this, is you're not the only one saying yourself, Carmella, because mine is not just myself, but drunk Sarah. Oh. <laughs> drunk Sarah has a great time, but this is like, it took me almost the whole week to recover from drunk Sarah having a really good time on a solo trip to Vegas last week. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can see that. Yeah, so drunk Sarah. Is she going to make an appearance later on? <laughs> Where are going to see? It's a very large can. I uh, know, like, like, like drunk Sarah was like multiple beers. I made friends with the bartender, so there was like shots involved that I didn't pay for. It was good times. Yep, that's my favorite, making friends with the bartender. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and looking it up, it looks like Cheeky Tiki is brewed with tangerine, pineapple, and peach, which yeah, that sounds, sounds familiar amazing. Today. Mm-hmm. That does sound incredible. Like passion fruit, orange, and guava. Mm-hmm. That's not for this one, but I'm sure they've done it in the past. Yeah, that that sounds delicious, and I'm going to need a lot of those. Um. Yeah. Aaron and I can both attest to that. When you make the friends with the bartender and they pour you a shot on the house, it's it's always the best tasting shot. Yeah, 
Because yeah. nothing tastes better than free. <laughs> and then he put, he puts me the shot from the bottle, and it's blue. I'm like, "What is it?" He goes, "It's blue. Drink it." <laughs> He's a Star Trek fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have met our frenemies. We have met our drinks. We have met our hosts, and it is time to jump into the team round. Our teams today are going to be Carmela and Aaron taking on Sarah and Matt. Carmela and Aaron, what did you decide on as your team name? Well, Aaron, what did we decide? Uh, this is in retrospect to the only time that I was on uh, Carmela and Company's show, Trivial Warfare, when we were winners. <laughs> and it was a good time. We are calling ourselves as con nasty as they want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I will be calling you just cond nasty uh, because I'm not going to say that whole thing at all night. <laughs> no, no, you will. You will call me Mr. Mayors if you're nasty. <laughs> wow. Well, Sarah and Matt, what did you guys decide on as your team name? This is all Matt. Well, I mean, it's it's a lot more mundane than uh, the other team. Uh, just going for the obvious pun. We went for California teaming. <laughs> I love I like puns, it. so I'm not yeah. going to agree. It's delightful. I'm glad you love puns, Sarah, because <laughs> <laughs> turns out in one. <laughs> Short, sweet, and punny. It's just like Brittany Shaw. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not that sweet. <laughs> I'm not going to deny short or punny. <laughs> your your boyfriend's not disputing that, so because um, he knows me. He said, two out of three ain't bad." <laughs> team Con Nasty is going to start with eighteen hundred points. Team California Teamin is going to start with sixteen hundred. We're going to jump right into our first three questions as I hand Tim, it over. What? What score are you looking at? The one that's listed in the. Matt, how many did you have? Five. You said 1,800 to 1,600, but it's 1,800 to 2,100. Yeah, I oh, thought Matt well, had. Oh, I didn't update the script. I never do. That's why. Because uh, <laughs> I always ask you what the score is, because you're okay. the scorekeeper. Well, so. I mean, Team he was Con told there would be no math. <laughs> <laughs> Team oh. Con Nasty is going to start with 1,800, while Team California Teamin is going to hit uh, start with 2100. I'm going to hand over this first round, the team round, over to my lovely frenemy, Brittany. Brittany, take it away. I think lovely is the keyword of this episode. Uh, we've said it at least four times now, and I'm here for it. So let's kick off this lovely team round, Tim, um, with our first set of categories. As a reminder to our listeners, plus any players who haven't been here since we introduced this, each category will be a clue category followed by a hard category or subject matter. So uh, your first set of three categories are unsanctioned at any speed, a sports question, famous last words, a history question, and, but wait, there's more, a television question. Go ahead and send him your wagers. All right, Brittany, I have both teams' wagers for the first section. Okay, thanks, Tim. So your first question tonight in the team round is in the category of unsanctioned at any speed, a sports question. 
Brock Yates and Steve Smith were the originators, and Dave Hines and Dave Yarborough held the record for what event last held in 1979 and named for Irwin Baker. The event inspired a similar challenge in the 2000s and 2010s that extended into the pandemic. Oh, come on, brain. Oh, it's in there. All right, we're locked in. Okay, Team California Teamin is locked in. As conned nasty as they want to be, you can talk this one out. Um, I'm not sure what Cannonball Run is. <laughs> <laughs> Cannonball Run was a was an idea from uh, it was a like a car and driver author. I don't remember exactly who it was, but yeah. there was a car and driver author that was talking about how long it would take to actually get from one side of the country to the other, just driving as fast as you could. Right. Uh, and this is kind of the basis of the movie starring Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, et al. Et al. Et al. Oh, okay. Um, just, it's, it's an unsanctioned race across the country. Go as fast as you can, as long as you can. Don't get caught. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Uh, to the point of where uh, in the movie, uh, truthfully, this happened during when they tested it out. They mocked up a van to look like an ambulance. Oh, wow. And so they would tell people that they were transporting someone. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's why that's why I think that's it. Yeah, and that fits with the category if it's an unsanctioned race and it would be a high speed race, unsanctioned at any speed would fit that. Um and it would be something that you could do during the pandemic because there wasn't anything else to fucking do. Um, so. and, I wanna say, and I wanna say the cannonball run also inspired the gumball rally, which was kind of a thing in the 2000s. Okay. I'm good with cannonball run. All right. Uh, we're gonna lock in with cannonball run. Okay. Team Cond Nasty locks in with cannonball run. California Teeman, what did you come up with and what was your thought process? It tastes like cardboard over here because they took all the flavor text. I know. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny because I first was like, Gumball Rally? Isn't that it? And then I really like, okay, I looked it up after we locked in. And I was like, that's the movie made out of it. But that's <laughs> like, is it Cannonball Run? I was like, that's more correct. Yeah. It took me a second, but it finally, the, the gears locked into a Cannonball Run and they the story is that now the record will never be broken because the roads were completely clear during the pandemic because nobody was on the road. So they went as fast as they could with no traffic. Okay. Uh, well, California team and also locking in cannonball run. Uh, what did you wager on yourself and against your opponent here? Sarah? I don't want to share. We did bad. <laughs> Cause it's like, we don't like sports. And I was like, I had an inkling. This might, I should have, I should have listened to that inkling and be like, I figure I know because Brittany sports questions are all the weird stuff that I like. <laughs> it's not like stats. I should have, I should have fought for that. Um, we wagered a hundred on ourselves. Um, but we wagered 300 on the other team. We uh, wagered zero on the other team. We don't lose any. <laughs> so you can do that. Sweet. Yeah. Sarah just thinks she can make up her own rules. She's like, I made it to the tournament. I decide the rules now. My game, my game show. So 100 and 300. Yes. Um, and con nasty. What did you wager on yourself and against your opponent here? Uh, I should have, I should have gone with, with, Aaron's original thought for sports, <laughs> but we wagered 100 on ourselves and wagered 200 on them. Okay. Well, uh, 
You know, Sarah, it's funny you say that this is a Brit esports question, and so it's not about usual. It's actually not a me sports question. Tim wrote this one. Um, dun, dun, dun. I wrote the clue category, <laughs> you know, based on the Nader work on Safe at Any Speed. I was like, I don't know how to clue this without using the words cannonball or run. So we're just going to go with high speed car thingies um, <laughs> and, uh, for a clue. And apparently the full name of this is the Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash. Um, and it was Brock Gates and Steve Smith were car magazine people. Um, and yeah, in the 2000s and 2010s, there was a Cannonball Run Challenge that some YouTube and car show guys started doing. And then in 2019, the new record was set. And yeah, I think y'all picked up all the other flavor text for me. Uh, and it's more flavor text than I know anyway. And Tim, you're muted if you're trying to talk. No, I was just waiting. Uh, oh, okay. uh, is that guy's uh, name Erwin Cannonball Baker? Yes, it yeah. Erwin okay. Cannonball <laughs> Baker. Uh, but it is worth noting that uh, – Dave Hines and Dave Yarborough set the record in 1979, and that is the standing official record. Uh, the the races in the 2000s and 2010s and into the COVID were not uh, officially sanctioned events, and therefore Neither was the 1979 are, one, Tim. <laughs> well, there, there, there were official cannonball runs, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the official record was set in 1979, and unless the laws change, will never get broken. <laughs> Well, sure. Um, but, Tim, what has changed is the scores. And, yes, I'm starting my terrible segues early, but why don't you go ahead and tell us what the scores did? Yeah, both teams lost points here, uh, but Cond Nasty lost only 100, while California team lost 200, uh, because you cruelly called this a sports question, and they all, uh, yeah. What would you have called it? I don't know. race okay racing at high speeds and trying not to get caught where there's threat of injury and legal penalties is as sporty as a thing as i can think of so acceleration there's motion therefore it's physics and it's a math question (laughs) (laughs) it happened in the past it's a history question (laughs) Oh. on the tires. There you go. Something out science. Science. <laughs> science. I mean, I had never heard of the cannonball run before. So to me, that just equals sports if I haven't heard of it. So I, I would presume that you have heard it because Jay Borsum has asked a question about it in the WTF. Yeah, but I probably missed it because I had never heard of it before. So <laughs> just throwing that one out there. I think in the last month and a half. Tim, if you think I remembered what I had for breakfast this morning, you're, you're <laughs> assuming a lot. So this is a no shame zone, Tim. Uh, but, Tim is officially. You know, if you are interested, <laughs> if you are interested in the World Trivia Federation, you can check it out by going to Patreon.com/slash/LiquidCourage. That's courage with a K. We're getting that plug in early and probably often. Let's be honest. Uh, but that does take us to question two, which is famous last words in history. What former monarch's last words were, pardon me, sir, I did not mean to do it, after stepping on the executioner's foot? Contrary to popular belief, dessert was not discussed afterward, possibly due to one participant being cut short. Locked in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> California team is locked in. Con Nassie, you can talk this out. 
Well, I'm pretty sure this is Marie Antoinette. No arguments. Yeah. So um, that's what we are going to go with. We're going to say uh, Marie Antoinette. Locked in. Locked in with Marie Antoinette. What did you wager on yourself and against your opponent here? Um. So we had wagered. I have to find the thing. Uh, we wagered 200 for ourselves um, against uh, 300 for them. Okay. Uh, Californian Teeman, what was your thought process? What did you lock in with? And uh, what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents? Matt doesn't have a video on, so I can't do the nod to know, like, (laughs) yeah, I just quickly typed Marie Antoinette because I like history and I've read a bunch of stuff about this and I love that movie, even though it stops before the executions. (laughs) Okay. So also said Marie Antoinette, what do you uh, wager here? I believe we did 200 for each. Okay. Uh, Well, worth noting, I did translate her words into English because you don't want to hear me say it in French. And I couldn't even if even if you did. Uh, But yes, she stepped on the executioner's foot, said something along the lines of pardon me, I didn't mean to. Um, And then in what I'm calling an overreaction, he chopped off her head. So uh, (laughs) 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 no, and she the whole cake thing was not her last words. And apparently was more of an ignorance thing rather than a not caring sort of thing. But uh, yeah, both teams picked up Marie Antoinette there. And uh, Tim, uh, what what happened to the scores there? I don't think anyone picked up points. No, uh, California team and pushed their points. Con Nasty did lose another 100 due to wagering. Uh, so we head to the third question with a uh, 1900 to 1600 game. Okay. Well, then our last question in this section is, but wait, there's more, a television question. Buddies was a short-lived 1996 spinoff that recast Christopher Garden in place of Jim Brewer before the premiere as one of the titular buddies who met in the audience of a different show within a show. What show did Buddies spin off from? All right, we're locked in. Okay, I feel like we're playing chicken with who wanted to lock in this. I was going to say, uh, Team <laughs> Nasty is locked in. That means Californian team, and you get to talk this okay. one Okay, the big thing for me is like mid-90s, a TV show that is based on, in some way, filming a has a TV show within it. Um, my first guess was Home Improvement, uh, but I feel like, I don't know, would they focus on the audience, and would that be something they would hire Jim Brewer about? Maybe. I don't know. It's comedians. Um, I don't know. What other like mid nineties shows has shows in it? My family religiously watched Home Improvement, and I'm and I'm and the only thing that was ringing any kind of bell in my head for this question was Jim Brewer. I was like, okay, I've heard that name before. I just I couldn't place it. But until you said maybe they were in Tool Time inside of Home Improvement, I said, well. They were doing a lot of silly spinoffs at that point for TGIF because they had to fill the time slots. So I, th- I think you might actually be right. I think it is an improvement. Okay. If you have confidence in me, I will say yes, even though I have no confidence in me. But just by like a TV show about the filming of a TV show in the mid-90s, we'll go with Home Improvement. Okay. Locking in Home Improvement. Uh, what did you wager for yourself and against your opponents here? We were overconfident in our skill in television, and we bet 300 on ourselves and 100 on our bones. I was ready to talk about infomercial products with this, because I love those, so thanks. Okay. Well, uh, 
California team and locking in home improvement team Conde or Cond nasty. What did you lock in with here? And what was your thought process? Uh, the thought process was that this was all Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> uh, and in and to California scheming, in the <laughs> immortal words of Andrew Buxbaum, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was the same process I went through. It was like show within a show during the mid nineties. The only thing I could think of was home improvement because that right about that time, if it says fourth season, that was about the time when they had their newer set, which had the it had the desk that would pop out from the wall, and Tim could ho- actually host like a seg- segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that felt that felt good to me. Carmelo was just on board, so we also said home improvement. Okay, and what did you say for your wagers here? We went with um, 300 for us and 100 for them. Okay. Well, um, the clue being, but wait, there's more. Uh, unless I am wrong, which is possible. I first met Billy Mays as Tim Taylor's neighbor on Home Improvement. Oh. Billy Mays was his neighbor, right? I, no? I don't think so. There was no, Wilson. His, Wilson was his, was his neighbor. Yeah, but the actor was Billy Mays, right? No. So. Earl Earl Hendman. Earl Hendman. Earl Hendman. Yeah. I do like what you thought. Like, I thought that was Billy Mays. First. I'm really glad I totally ignored the clue category. <laughs> the only the only way I'm getting there is like, did she think did she think Home Improvement was about an infomercial? <laughs> no, did she think that Richard Richard Pine? <laughs> Richard Carn. Richard Carn. Richard Carn was, was, was yeah, yeah. So the only reason I didn't can. Uh, didn't correct her is because I thought she was doing like a Billy Mays, Richard Karn or kind of look-alike type. Yeah. Okay. Those two I, I thought can, that was Billy play. Mays. And let's be fair, no. Richard Karn and Richard Kind look nothing like <laughs> Not at all. My apologies to both Mr. Karn and Mr. Kind for that. So, okay, so picks. clearly my clue category <laughs> was no help and I'm glad you both ignored it. Because I guess Billy Mays wasn't on Home Improvement like <laughs> I have been. thought he was forever. He could have been on a guest spot. Maybe, but <laughs> I thought he was the next door neighbor, and apparently I'm just incorrect. I'm glad anyway, that didn't throw are you, you off. Thinking of Bob Vila on the show? <laughs> oh. okay, I'm thinking of Billy Mays. So none of the that names wasn't. you're saying to me make any sense because in my <laughs> mind, it's been Billy Mays for decades at this point. <laughs> Headcanon fan fiction. I'm all about it. Let's do it. it. I love it. Okay. (laughs) Well, either way, both teams did figure out that this was home improvement. Jim Brewer on home improvement and Dave Chappelle were buddies that were in the audience of Tool Time. And they asked him for dating advice. That's Uh, right. The producers liked the chemistry so much, they started working on a spinoff. And then right before they did the pilot, they recast Jim Brewer. Dave Chappelle was like, I was only doing it because he was. So when I say short lived, I mean it was on the air for two, almost three months. Right. And 13 then it, episodes. Yeah. And then it was done because Dave Chappelle didn't want to work with anyone but Jim Brewer because he's like, that's what I signed on to do. And then you recast. So the first thing I said to Aaron was, I don't know. The only thing I remember Jim Brewer from was from Half Baked, which is a movie he did with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> 
Okay, so Jim Brewer um, is not the guy in the peanut butter in the mouth Aaron Burr commercial. That's a different no. guy. No, that's that's, oh, that's one guy. of these like that guy actors. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, Jim Brewer it's also probably played... Billy Mays. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Brewer also infamously played Goat Boy on SNL during that time frame. Oh, uh, oh, okay, yes. Yes. Yeah, so I heard about this show from the show, um, actually, on the Dropout Network. I didn't look up any pictures or anything, so I don't actually know any of the people whose names I just said. And clearly, <laughs> I also don't know who Billy Mays is. Um, <laughs> I do know who Tim Allen is. And uh, speaking of Tim's, Tim, how did our score shake out? <laughs> wow. That's a good segue. <laughs> now, see, you have, you, have to, you have it all set up. You can just say, I don't think so, Tim, for like the rest of the show. <laughs> so, so the fun fact that or the fun thing that happens when everybody gets all their questions right is we end up right back where we started. So we leave section one, California team in with 2100 and con nasty have 1800. Okay, uh, well, that brings us into section two. And in section two, your categories are In Singapore, she bought a monkey in art by any other name in geography. And we don't talk about Kevin in sports. Go ahead and send it this, Tim, your wagers. Hey, Brittany, I have all the wagers. Hey, Tim, thanks. Uh, so in Section two, our first question is, in Singapore, she bought a monkey. An art question. Unveiled in 2021, the girl puzzle is a monument by Amanda Matthews honoring what woman? The monument is located on the northern tip of Roosevelt Island in Manhattan, near the remains of the old Blackwell Island Asylum. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) love you more (laughs) we're eventually going to answer the question we just got to get this part of our system first (laughs) Brittany can you say the category one more time it's in Singapore she bought a monkey so we'll give it about one more minute, and then I am going to call for a team to lock in in the interest of time. Stop giving us hard questions if you would like that. Okay, I think I am going to need a team to lock in if one team wants to volunteer. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll lock, go in. And lock in. We'll both. We'll lock in. <laughs> okay. okay, I think Screw I heard... you get no chatter! <laughs> I, I feel like think- you guys can lock in because I was still thinking. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can well, we'll at the same time. So we'll say con nasty locks in. Um, California team, and you can talk this one out. This was all Sarah. Uh, well, I don't really, I'm still between like two because I feel like there's a right answer whose name I can't remember and the answer I want to give, which is probably <laughs> wrong, but funnier. Um, so I'm thinking like who? Roosevelt Island and the asylum. I feel like there's two people. One is a muckraking journalist who got herself committed, but I don't remember if that was New York City and I don't remember her name. The other is I'm pretty sure there was either an asylum or a hospital on Roosevelt Island that Typhoid Mary got committed to against her will after she kept fucking walking out of other hospitals after being told to quarantine and just going back and giving everybody typhoid. And I'm like, why would you give a typhoid? And Matt rightfully says, like, why would you give typhoid Mary, um, you know, 
a, a monument. I'm like, it's a weird part of history. And, you know, you're honoring the fact that the government forcibly put her in. Um, but then there's, I know there's the journalist that wrote about like asylums and helped put change, but I can't remember her name. Um, oh, I know like, yeah, Typhoid Mary seems like a weird one. So the one journalist I know, it's like a woman that was a muckraker. It might be Ida B. Wells, but I'm not sure. But I, like, God, I feel like I should go with Ida B. Wells because she's someone who deserves a monument rather than Typhoid Mary, who just was like an anti-masker before it was cool. Um, so, <laughs> it was never cool. <laughs> I know. Um, Matt, are you okay with Ida B. Wells? And I'm probably wrong, but it might be at least in the same vein in the spirit sure. of the correct let's, answer. Okay. Let's go, let's go with your gut, yeah. That's not my gut, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so locking in with Ida B. Wells? Sure. <laughs> that sounded so confident. Yeah. Um, okay. So California team and locks in with Ida B. Wells. Conned Nasty, what did you come up with and what was your thought process? Uh, Typhoid Mary was a name I threw out because I'm like, I'm pretty sure she was committed on that island. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> but I'm like, That's not right. <laughs> but then but then Aaron came up with a better answer. <laughs> And I thought of the same path that Sarah did. Wasn't there someone who did like a full-blown expose on the asylum, tried to get it, you know, shut down, showed everything, all the horrors that were going on at this asylum, and eventually did get it shut down because of that. And I believe the clue in Singapore, she bought a monkey, clues back to the fact that this reporter, if it's right, if it's right, replicated Phileas Fogg's Around the World in 80 Days. Did the whole Around the World in 80 Days, flew around. That's why I'm thinking, oh, in Singapore she bought a monkey. Well, of course she bought a monkey in it Singapore. Is, what yeah. else do you do? Uh, so we put down the answer, and I think it's, I think I'm pretty sure it's in our chat. Uh, uh, Nellie Bly. That, that's Nelly exactly Bly. who I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good right. job. So Con Nasty locking in Nellie Bly. Um, and what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents here? Uh, 100 for both. Okay. We had no idea what this was going to be. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if uh, we, did we say ours? No, I, I was about to ask you what you wagered. So what'd you wager? 100 on us and 300 on them. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I mean, not, not a bad strategy if they wagered a hundred on themselves and they weren't feeling confident about it. So, uh, it's a solid answer, wager strategy. Uh, yeah, so she did replicate the journey of Phileas Fogg. She did accomplish that journey in 72 days. There was also another journalist at the time named Elizabeth Bliston, I believe, who um, followed her doing her own try to trying to replicate. She ended up doing it in 76 days. So both of them beat Phileas Fogg, who did it in 80 days. Um but yeah, when I looked up Nellie Bly's journey uh, around the world in 72 days, it made a special note that when she was in Singapore, she bought a monkey. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's fascinating. And I had forgotten she did the asylum story, which is, I assume, why the monument is there and not like somewhere else. But this is, in fact, Nellie Bly. Well, haven't you always wanted a monkey? <laughs> I was going to like, did anyone else get, uh, get 
back stuck in their head and tied with chimpanzees. I was a monkey. Yes. That's all I've been thinking yes. about <laughs> since we started this. I'm like, this isn't a bet connection. In the town of, the town of Singapore, she bought a monkey. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's perfect. And it yeah. actually makes Singapore, sense as a line. She bought a monkey. <laughs> um, but Tim, what did that do to our scores here? We have our first lead change and our first missed question. Um, California team and lost 400 while Con Nasty pr- picked up 200. Uh, it is also worth noting that uh, Typhoid Mary was on North Brother Island, not Roosevelt Island. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Uh, but who doesn't like to go to an island when they're sick? I don't know. <laughs> um, Typhoid Mary, I it guess, because she didn't want to go there. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, it we just had a whole discussion Roosevelt. about that. <laughs> Uh, but that does bring us to question two, which is by any other name in geography. What city in Pennsylvania, founded in 1741, where the Articles of Confederation were drafted, served as a temporary capital of the United States in 1777? It shares its name with a side in a different, much longer war and is roughly 80 miles west of Philadelphia as the crow flies. We can lock. Okay. Um, California team is locked. Con Nasty, you can talk this one out. Okay. So by any other name, uh, does pull me to Roses. So War of the Roses. Um, I'm feeling you. And I know Lancaster, PA is a place. Um, I think it's in the middle of like Amish country. Um, it is. It is, but... Here's the catch. So is York, Pennsylvania. They're actually like close to each other, right next to each other. So that would probably be a coin. I I don't feel more strongly about one over the other. Um, I haven't heard of of York, Pennsylvania, but I have heard of Lancaster. That's kind of why I was like, oh yeah, I've heard of Lancaster. Um, The strategy then we can go with. We can say Lancaster, which is their answer, (laughs) then hope for a balance on it. Or we can say York and hope that one or the other is right. Um, I'm for swinging for the fences on this one. So you want to say York? I want to say York. And if we're wrong, you know, <laughs> just pin a rose on my nose, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then my I'll arms my have head. to be very long. <laughs> I'll send you a bottle of Imperial Stout. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, I don't think they'd be doing a lot in that area, but York just sounds like someplace York, that they'd hang out. Yeah, I'm York, Pennsylvania. It just makes me like, why wouldn't they just go with New York? <laughs> It's right there. Yeah, just, we don't want to go that far. We're already next to Philly. They got good pretzels here. So you want to hedge. You think they said Lancaster. They said Lancaster. I think we should hedge against that and say York. But if we get it wrong, we still lose points and they would gain points, right? Right. But if we're right, they lose points and lose points. 
Right. And we gain points and gain points. Whereas, uh, depending on what it is, it could be it could be a wash. It could be right. Which most of these most of these questions have been washes. Well, because they know they know what they wagered on us. We know what we right. wagered on them. We just don't know the other way around it, and we know how we would end up at the end of this. So, I would say, if it's right, I know where we end up. If it's wrong, I definitely know where we end up. But I still want to go with York. Okay, then let's go with York. We're locking in with. On, on my head, <laughs> York, Pennsylvania. Okay, con nasty locks in York, Pennsylvania. Uh, and pre-calling that their opponents locked in Lancaster. Uh, California team, and did you lock in Lancaster? And what was Ooh, your thought process? <laughs> yeah. Aaron, it's it's really interesting, Aaron. I did about half an hour uh, just napkin math on a on a legal pad about three months ago, and I was first going to be on the show. I was like, okay, let's let's map out all the possible responses. What what are are the what's the best possible uh, wagering strategy? And it turns out that if both teams get it right or both teams get it wrong, very little happens. If both teams get it wrong, a little more happens. But if most most points switch when one gets it right and one gets it wrong. So I don't fault you for doing that. And I really hope you're wrong, but I'm scared <laughs> that you're right. <laughs> uh, Sarah you clued in on, I think you said? Yeah. Sarah, Sarah clued in on this pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, when you grow up in New Jersey and you go to Amish country for like when, when there's a Monday off of school, you go to Lancaster. I forgot that York, Pennsylvania is a place or else maybe we would have had more of a debate. But we went with Lancaster because I was like, I didn't even think that's why I was like, is it east? I was like, I don't know. It's like, I didn't even think of the direction. I was like, outside of Philly, uh, name with a, another war. I was like, I don't know. What do I know out there? So we went with Lancaster, but York sounds more right. Um, but I forgot York, Pennsylvania is a town. They don't have the Amish places with all the double entendre town names. I saw Pennsylvania. I was like, am I going to be able to say bird in hand or like blue bomb Pennsylvania? What is the other one? There's like intercourse. intercourse. I was like, is it going to be intercourse Pennsylvania? Um, I was hoping it'd be one of those. Mm-hmm. Next time. So in very Wars of the Roses fashion, we do have one team that is team York and one team that is team Lancaster. Um, which I'm hoping that by any other name clued you to Wars of the Roses. Um, uh, but what we don't know yet is what each team wagered on each other because each team knows what they wagered on themselves and what they wagered on the other team, but they don't know that we know that they know what we don't know. So um, team California team, and what did you wager on yourself and against your opponent here? 300 on us, 200 on them. Okay. And con nasty. Um, I think the way it's yeah, two hundred on us, three hundred on them. Okay. Well, there's a thousand points going somewhere. One of us is getting a lot of points, and one of us is losing a lot of points. <laughs> well, interestingly, it is actually Pittsburgh. No, I'm, just I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot longer than eighty miles because I have driven that. Beyond okay, yeah. belief, it's actually Harrisburg. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Scranton, Scranton, Pennsylvania. So here's the Scranton, thing. What? <laughs> so here's the thing. Both of these cities were named, share their names with families in the sides of the Wars of the Roses. 
both cities served as a temporary capital of the United States in 1777. Lancaster was a capital city for one day, and then they moved to York. And York is where they drafted the Articles of Confederation. <laughs> so it I is. Know they didn't start it in Lancaster in that one day. Do you know? Was there notes on the paper? I don't know. Creamy Amish butter. That's what the problem was. <laughs> All right. So uh, it is York, Pennsylvania. It does sound like we had a bit of a swing in points, but York and Lancaster, shockingly close in their histories, shockingly close in distance. Shockingly close in our hearts. Maybe, maybe not our hearts at all. But, uh, Tim, what I don't think is shockingly close anymore is the scores. But why don't you inform us of that matter? Uh, yeah, as predicted, there was a thousand point swing in favor of Team Con Nasty. Uh, we head to the third question with Con Nasty leading 2,500 to 1,200. That brings us to question three. In section two, which is we don't talk about Kevin, a sports question. The Stampede Wrestling promotion was created and run by what family? The Patriarch Stu founded the promotion in 1948 and has been attempted to be revived numerous times by his sons, Bruce, Ross, and Smith. We're locked in. Okay, Team Con Nasty has locked in. California team in. You can talk it out. I have no... No in on this, aside from we don't talk about Kevin yeah. thinking that might be talking about the song from Encanto. We don't talk about Bruno. So we were trying to think about, okay, well, what's, what's the last name? Is it Bruno? Is it Madrigal? Is it something else? Bruno um, sounds like Bruno could be a last name. Stu Bruno. Bruce Bruno. Like, why Kevin? Why Kevin, though? I don't know. Um... Uh, Stampede Wrestling, that's like rodeo, right? I, I don't know, it? because no, 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 I think it might be like a uh, wrestling, because like... Actually uh, wrestling? Okay, like, okay. Uh, like, okay, I don't know a lot about wrestling, but I, I also taped a podcast this morning, and there was some wrestling stuff, and they're like, blah, 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 this wrestling, and blah, 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 this wrestling. There's a lot of wrestlings, or maybe it is both Stampede plus wrestling, and there's a sport I don't know I'm enjoying, but it might be like, this is like their little fucking wrestling league is a promotion a league i don't understand that sport um i don't know promotion Promotion makes it seem like it's a one-time event or like but i feel like that might be what they call them yeah i mean i don't know what kevin yeah i have zero idea about kevin but there's also, no, no, there's a movie called We Don't Talk About Kevin. It's about Kevin that kills people or something, and it's a young son. And I've never watched it, but it sounds sad, and I've read the Wikipedia synopsis a bunch. How about and, Nash? Like, Kevin Nash is a wrestler that I know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's cluing to that movie, but other than what I've read, read on Wikipedia, I can't tell you much. I feel like Tilda Swindon is in it, maybe. I don't know. Well, here's here's what I'm thinking because because it doesn't mention Kevin. Kevin actually was like in in the WWE for a while, like an actual. Oh really? Oh yeah, okay. He was, a, he, he was a successful wrestler, and the other one say, you know, it says the other sons attempted to revive it. Which oh no! You should totally go with like someone that was actually in a wrestling thing, whereas I'm just like, here's the Wikipedia okay. thing that's done that. I don't know anything about <laughs> unless you can ask me about like Hulk Hogan or Macho Man. I uh, okay. don't know anything. 
with with my pinky's depth of knowledge into wrestling, we'll we'll lock in with Nash. Okay, team California teaming, locking in with Nash. Uh, Cond Nasty, what did you lock in with, and what was your thought process? This was this was all Aaron. I had nothing for this. <laughs> well, what's what's weird is that in our chat here we brought up uh, we brought up. I said, we don't talk about Kevin as a freaky ass movie. And then I went, no, wait, we need to talk about Kevin as a freaky ass movie. And I went, no, that's the wrong name. Uh, we don't talk about Kevin because we don't like to talk about Kevin because he really doesn't fit the family dynamic here. Uh, a lot of wrestlers who are Canadian, such as Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, got their start in the dungeon in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which happened to be home of Stampede, Calgary Stampede Wrestling. And that is also the home of two, two gentlemen, also known by the names of Brett and Owen. This would be the Hart family. Oh. Mm. Like the Hitman? I know that oh, one. Yeah. Like I that. that. And, and, and I kicked your leg out from under your leg, <laughs> Owen Hart. No, we are not joking, making jokes about Owen Hart at all at this time. Okay. That's over the line. <laughs> okay. I don't know why that's a comment. I, I don't, don't know why it that. is either. <laughs> but someone, one of our listeners somewhere appreciates that joke. Yes. <laughs> probably a lot of them because. It's probably. Uh, there's, there's a huge crossover between wrestling fans and trivia people. There's a lot to know about wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> um, But. Aaron stole all the flavor text I didn't know. So, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, this is, in fact, the Hart family. And we don't talk about Kevin, although I would love to see Kevin Hart in a pro wrestling situation with Canadians. Um, <laughs> all five foot two of him. <laughs> all five foot two of him. Uh, but I forgot to ask you an important question. Cond Nasty, what did you wager on yourself and against your opponent here? Um, I believe it's 300 for us, 200 for them. And California teaming? 200 and 100. <laughs> okay. So uh, to me, that sounds like an 800 point swing. Uh, but Tim, did I do my math right there? You did. Um, unfortunately for California team, and that section was just a complete stumper for them, while Conda Nasty is still batting perfect. Uh, so we leave section two and head to section three with Con Nasty having 3,000. California team is still hanging out with 900. And we've seen some big swings. It can go the other way. We tried our hardest, Tim. Don't be so mean. We're not being mean. We're proud of you. <laughs> I'm proud of me. We're proud of all of you. Plus, you knew your West from your East. So. I did. <laughs> I should have just shut up and let them East. go down that I, direction. I thought you said West. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, in section three, our categories are Collie Me Maybe in Religion and Mythology, Worst LinkedIn Profile Ever in Politics, and Your Seatsy is Descended in business. Go ahead and send him your wagers. All right, Brittany, let's jump into section three. I have everybody's wagers. Okay. Well, your first question in section three is Kali me maybe a religion and mythology question. In Hinduism, the Trinity of gods known as the Trimurti 
are the creator, the preserver, and the destroyer, also sometimes called the transformer. Name those three gods. Okay, we'll go ahead and lock in. Okay. Uh, California Taman is locked in. Cond Nasty, you can talk this one out. Yeah, Aaron, that makes total sense. I was just Yeah, I think like, that, that makes more mm-hmm. sense. Brittany writes a clue for a round. Very rarely does the clue itself become part of the answer. Right. So I I don't think it was I don't think it was Kali. I think the other two, because you said Kali, Shiva, and Brahma. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's Kali, I think it's Vishnu. Yeah. So Vishnu, Shiva, Brahma. And I think it's Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva in the order. Right. Yeah. In, in the actual order. Um, I was creator. hoping she, w- she wasn't going to make us do it in the order because I'm like, I'm going to mix two of them up. I swear. I did um, think about it. <laughs> yeah. That would have been very mean. Um, so we're thinking uh, Brahma, Shiva, Vishnu. That's what you want to go with? I think Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva, yeah. Okay. Then okay. that's what we're going to lock in with. Locking in Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. Uh California Teeman, what did you lock in with? So I've gotten this question wrong at least three times now, and I hope this is not the fourth. I hope they're actually wrong about Brahma. I said Ganesh and Vishnu and Shiva. Yeah, I was no help. I mean, I like kind of said two of them, but Rick Reardon has not seemed to written an entire <laughs> young adult series about this one yet, so I haven't gotten incredibly clear on my, uh, my Hindu mythology yet. Hopefully there's more. Damn you, Riordan! <laughs> <laughs> I just got his new book in the mail yesterday. I haven't had a chance to read it yet. Oh, um, hey, which one is it? Uh, it's called The House of the Gods. It's the continuation of the Percy Jackson series. Okay, I, I've, I've taken like a brief break, but I need to get back into those because mm-hmm. I have I have like a stack, like two dozen books that I need to get through before I Same. <laughs> I always say that and then I just get new ones. So I'm sure it's only a matter yeah. of time. Oh, I'm sure. That's what we all say, right? Uh, okay, so you're locking in uh, Ganesh, Vishnu, and Shiva? Yeah. Okay. And what did you wager on yourself and against your opponents here? 200 for us and 300 for them. Okay. And Cond Nasty? Um, I think it was 300 for us, 100 for them. Yeah, that sounds okay. right to me. All right. So in Hinduism, the Trimurti are Brahma, the creator... Vishnu, the preserver, and Shiva, the destroyer, also sometimes called Shiva, the transformer. Um, Ganesh is the god of wisdom in Hinduism. So he is, uh, he's not one of the Trimurti, but he is in the upper echelon, I guess. That's why I keep getting it wrong, because apparently I can't remember who he is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so... I actually ran this game at my live show. And so for them, I just had them name two out of the three. Um, so for y'all, I was like, y'all are trivia people. I'm going to have you name all three. I did think about telling trivia you to match, people. put them in order. And then I was like, you know what? I have to remember this isn't enemy trivia. It's frenemy trivia. I can be nice sometimes. Thanks <laughs> so, a lot, jerk me. <laughs> um, but that does mean that... Uh, Con Nasty got this one correct, and uh, California team, and you were right there. So you did get two out of the three. So, and in the words of the immortal words of Mila, two out of three and bad. <laughs> but it will not get you points. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Aaron. Where's your musical interlude here? <laughs> You're missing it. Like a bat out of hell, I'll be gone when the morning comes. <laughs> when the day is over, like a bat out of hell, I'll be 
gone, gone, gone. <laughs> and that's as much as we can get away with, with copyright law. So, uh, Tim, what did that do to our scores? Oh, uh, Cod Nasty continued their uh, perfect game so far. They picked up 400 while California team and lost 500. They are down to 400 points, but they could still keep going. We will jump into the next question in the round, which is worst LinkedIn profile ever. A politics question. A clear and direct statement by a potential candidate indicating that they will not run for a particular elected position is attributed to what man who was being considered for the 1884 election. The exact quote he gave was, I will not accept if nominated and will not serve if elected, which has been paraphrased many times through the years. You know how on Trivial Warfare, Ben says I'm good for three. Um, I'm not even good for three. <laughs> This is all been Aaron. <laughs> That's because Britney's mean when she writes her questions. <laughs> Such a mean. Some of these. <laughs> you wanna? Yep, let's let's do that. All right, lock it in. Okay, Con Nasty has locked in. California team in, you can talk this out. I feel like this has to be someone ironic that, like, was eventually a president or ran. But honestly, like, this is the time in American history and politics where I have a hard time caring about learning anything about it. It's not – I like either, like, older stuff in other places in the world. I'm not even pretending I like modern stuff that much or like modern stuff when it comes to like history of science. This is like the black hole of stuff. I find it hard to get motivated to learn enough about. Is this before or after uh, Rough Riders for Teddy Roosevelt? Fuck you, Mark Moore. I don't know. Again, it's just like a lump, a lump of decades for me. And there's people and there's Teddy Roosevelt is the big person from there. But I don't know if like, cause he's usually like a straight shooter. So I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's Roosevelt, but I feel like he'd be like, yeah, I'm going to be president. I'm going to go punch a moose now. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe they caught him on a hunting trip between shooting specimens. And he's like, no, I'm not going to run for president. And that's a lie. He's the president later. I am, I am literally not entire politics is poop. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can call my learned league and like current events in American history are like, Way down there. Because um, I find it not as interesting as like older history in other places. Uh, I'm fine with Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like he's the biggest name I can name from them. Um, yeah, but he might have been president. Maybe this is like before he ran for president and then he did it like the next term or something. They, they bullied him into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Boo. Ah, Boo. I mean, yeah, at this point, worst comes to worst, we put ourselves out of our misery, but I'm fine going with Roosevelt. Okay, Teddy Roosevelt, lock it in. Okay, locking in Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, Cond Nasty, what was your thought process? What did you lock in with? Well, I mean, Roosevelt's not a bad answer. I think he would have been too young, though, in 1884. Um, but I don't know, because he, he was like the youngest person like to hold office to hold the presidential office um but th yeah this is like i said this is all aaron um and i don't know how confident 
Aaron was with this, so I'm gonna let him talk. <laughs> and again, you can put my you can swing my head off of a tank if you want to later on. <laughs> uh, because I seem to remember someone right around the time because Civil War kind of ended mid early 1800s. I seem to remember someone at that time pushing this person to really run for, like you should run for office. You'd be great on the Republican ticket. Blah 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 blah. You know, go against that. And I believe he was one who said that if I, you know, have offered the chance, I am not going to run. And I do think that it's uh, General Sherman on that one. General William Sherman. Okay. Uh, locking in General William Sherman or G- General Sherman. General um, Sherman. Okay. The tree can't run for president, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can grow in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, uh, well, Con Nasty, what did you wager on yourself and your against your opponents here? Sorry, I was looking. It's two hundred for us, three hundred for them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Californian Teeman. Well, the good news is we get to see the last question in the round. We said three hundred for us, one hundred for them. I really thought this was going to be a George Santos question because of the like. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah. Um, so, um, this was not Teddy Roosevelt. It uh, apparently is called a Shermanesque statement when it's made. Uh, I honestly, until I read this question, when I read it a couple days ago, was thought it was Gerald Ford who said that orig- originally because I thought. <laughs> It was like a whole like, yeah, okay, I took over when Nixon had to peace out because order succession or whatever, but I don't want to run myself kind of thing. Um, so I was very shocked to hear that this was the 1880s. And I was like, no, because Gerald Ford said that. Um, I said, where's LinkedIn profile ever? Because it's like everybody wants him to be their candidate. He's like, no, I'm not looking for a job right now. Please stop asking. <laughs> um, and, you know, he also not a great person in history. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, Sarah, I feel you on not being super interested in that time period. Uh, I, got, but this I, was... I mean, I know it's not true, but I feel like everything in like a large chunk of America is like, let's talk about these dead white dudes. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah, no fair. Um, but yeah, this was William Tecumseh Sherman, who was a general in the civil war. So general Sherman is a appropriate name. Uh, so Con Nasty picks up that one, unfortunately. Uh, but Tim, what did that do to our scores? So so this is the end of the line for California team and who are reduced to zero points. I think this might be a team round record as Con Nasty is going to finish with 3,900 points. Jeez. Having posted a perfect score, a perfect first half. That's all Aaron. <laughs> 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 I I am gonna get stopped. <laughs> um so that does bring us to the end of our team round. Uh Matt and Sarah, y'all are welcome to stick around and talk trash, uh talk about how much you like the second half questions better, poke fun at Tim, whatever you want to do, poke fun at me. I can take it. Point out east from west because I don't know that. Um <laughs> But you're welcome to serve as a gallery of frenemies. So Go talk about Billy Mays more, some more. I feel like I want to teach you things while we're waiting. Secondary pop for everyone. 
Okay, and at the end of our first half, that means our advancing players are Carmela and Aaron. And we will jump into round two when we come back from these messages. Hey, trivia lovers. Want to get the pub trivia experience in an interactive way? Check out Liquid Courage Entertainment. With a wide range of offerings online, LK has you covered. Streaming a wide variety of trivia games on Twitch with one-of-a-kind formats like Tringo, Guestimate, Mega Sheep, and more. Or check out the World Trivia Federation. With 36 hours to answer each quiz and no obligation, the WTF is the perfect solution to scratch that trivia itch on your own time. Come see us at twitch.tv slash liquid underscore courage or check out patreon.com slash liquid courage to join the WTF for as little as $2 a month. That's liquid courage with a K. Innovative, interactive, intoxicating. And welcome back. As a reminder for our listeners, round two functions exactly like round one, except that when one player locks in, their opponent only has 30 seconds to get their answer in. They can, you know, talk out their answer. They can give a movie review. They can make boo-boo-ba-boo sounds for 30 seconds, whatever they want, but they only have 30 seconds to do it in. Uh, And that can be known as a calorie crash. And we have the the, uh, founder of that move still on this call. But as we move into round two, we have Aaron versus Carmela. We've taken their points from round one, split them in half, and rounded up. And each player will be starting round two with 2,000 points. And I'm going to throw it to my co-host and best friend of me, Tim, to take it away. Thank you, Brittany. We are going to start with our first three categories in Don't Get Them Wet, which is a science question. Sarah and Bluth, pre-development, which is a movies question, and choose one, which is a fashion question. Go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. Sarah, how do you feel about these categories? Any uh, particular strengths for you? Yeah. Where was where was some science when I needed it? And what am I doing in the second category? I don't <laughs> I'll Wait till I hear the questions. Come to gloat and be like, oh, it's science. And then it's going to be like, in this facet of evolutionary biology, and I'll be like, that's cool. That's nice. I don't know. I'm a physicist. We did have a science question in uh, section four. Did we? <laughs> Round one. Oh. I was it like, was did a I physics question, it too. <laughs> I drank the whole crowler, so I don't remember. It was, it was a theoretical <laughs> physics question. Oh, my God. Can you tell me later? I know you probably want to use it again, but just if you tell me. Yes. And Tim, I have both players' sets of wagers for the first section. Okay, well, let's dive into our first set of questions in the second half. In the category of don't get them wet, a science question. Group one of the periodic table of elements is composed of hydrogen plus which collective of metals, including lithium, sodium, and potassium. They are all shiny and soft and have a violent reaction with water. I'm locked in. Aaron's locked in. Carmela, you have 30 seconds to talk it out. Um, so I'm trying to remember what the, it starts with A. Um, so I think it might be, I'm also listening for the door, so I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, I think, I think it's alkali metals. I think those are the, the super reactive ones. Uh, so that's what I'm going to go, go with. I'm going to say alkali. All right. Carmelo locks in with alkali. And what did you wager on Aaron and yourself here? Uh, 200 for both. Okay. And Aaron, what did you lock in with? 
Those damn alkalis done did it again. <laughs> and what were your wagers? Uh, I said 200 on myself, 300 on Carmella. Sarah, did you know this one? Nah, because I, I, you know, like the periodic I should know it as a physicist. But you know what? You can look that stuff up every time. And it's just a bunch of things. And it's like my Achilles heel of physics, I feel like. Because I'm like, I don't know. There's, I feel like an astronomer. Because they're like, it's hydrogen, helium, and everything else is a metal. And that's kind of my attitude towards that table. Unless it's an element I specifically work with, I don't particularly care. Yeah, and it, that that's totally a thing that you would just reference over and over and over again. You wouldn't have to memorize that. That's what it's there for in convenient table form. I don't know. My brain needs all the space for new celebrity gossip things to remember. Right? It, it doesn't Part hurt at all that it was referenced in OQL last night when I read those questions. Well, I didn't know. So, <laughs> I mean, I knew what the answer was, but I didn't know. <laughs> um, well, our resident... Our resident physicist didn't know, but both of our competitors did. This is the alkali metals. So, Brittany, what did that do to our scores? Well, Tim, I very much enjoy the fact that chemistry is the Achilles heel for physics, (laughs) Uh, which is a different science. Yeah. As I tell my students, the more you know, the more you realize you don't have to memorize anything. You just look it up. You know where to look it up. So I know like four formulas and how to use Google effectively. And I'm a genius. It's fine. Well, um, what that did to our scores was that Erin lost 100 points where Carmella pushed her points. So that takes us to question two with a slight. Question two in the category of Sarah and Bluth pre-development, a movies question. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas served as executive producers for what animated film released in 1988? The film has thought, has spawned 13 direct-to-home sequels, including The Time of Great Giving, Journey Through the Mists, and The Great Valley Adventure. I'm writing my answer in here. I know I don't need to, but I'm doing it. Uh, but I'm going to lock in. Carmela is locked in. Aaron, you have 30 seconds. Yep, yep, yep. Nope, nope, nope. The Land Before Time. Aaron locks in with The Land Before Time. What did you wager on this one? I wagered 300 on myself and 200 on my dear frenemy, Carmella. And Carmella, what did you lock in with? What did you wager? When I saw the category name and the way that Sarah was spelled, I was like, you're talking about one of my favorite girls in all of animation. Sarah the Triceratops. Uh, so yeah, this is 100% The Land Before Time. And I wagered a 300 for myself and 100 uh, for Aaron because I know he's very good at movies and I knew that he would get that. So, Well, Brittany learned that Sarah is spelled this way when I wrote this question. Um, and I really wrote this question because I had no idea that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were behind The Land Before Time. Uh, they had their fingers in everything. This is the land before time. Sarah, are you okay over there? Did okay, you know so this? I com- one, one, for a long time, I didn't realize, like, I thought it was my name, like Sarah, the character. But then I just remembered, at my baby shower, someone gave me, so like, oh, dinosaurs, a copy of this movie. And I was like, thank you for giving me the movie where the mom dies <laughs> at my baby shower. <laughs> so... <laughs> 80s animated movies, uh, 80s children's movies in general, just fucking ruined people. I know, and I've forgotten about that until now because I clearly put that movie away and haven't watched it because, like, 
I don't want to just turn into a crying mess, but I'm like, wow, that's a great gift. Congratulations, Sarah. We bought you Bambi, The Land Before Time, (laughs) and Up. (laughs) Just throw in Brave Little Toaster for like a little bit of like, you know. That'll make my kids strong like we are as millennials. (laughs) Existential crisis galore. Both teams getting this one correct, but what did that ha- do to scores there, Brittany? Uh, well, team, uh, team, Tim, <laughs> both players increased their scores. Uh, Aaron increased his score by 100 points and Carmella gained 200 points on that question. Hashtag team Carmella. <laughs> Our final question in the first section is it, is in the category of choose one, a fashion question. Joseph Montalvo, also known as Nuke, is a graffiti artist who was commissioned to design the logo for what brand founded in 1985? I'm going to lock in. Um, and just to, just, just to put myself out of my own misery. Carmela locks in. Aaron, you have 30 seconds. <laughs> This is not helpful at all. Just trying to think of logos. Fuck. Fuck it. I'm going back to my high school days. Jenko jeans. Final answer. That looks like it because it looks like a tag. Aaron looks like uh, Aaron locks it with Jenko jeans. What did you wager on this one? I wagered 100 both ways. And what about you, Carmela? What did you lock in with, and what did you wager? Um, so Jingo's great answer that their logo definitely looks like graffiti. Um, I was trying to think of like what got founded. I was trying to like think of <laughs> commercials of like you know established nineteen eighty five. Um, and I was thinking about Supreme, and I was thinking about Guess, like Guess jeans, and I just I don't know. And I was like, well, I'm just gonna guess guess and that's what i did um and then i bet 100 on myself and i bet 300 on aaron okay so this company (laughs) uh we have a pulling a scott situation (laughs) here uh because the acronym for this company is judge none choose one are you fucking kidding me (laughs) the category are you the category was choose one this is jenko jeans oh my. i should mention tim wrote that clue and i would i said tim was like you're gonna have to explain that clue to me because i don't get it <laughs> jnco Jesus. judge nothing choose one it was beautiful i was Good thinking like, between eggs between like jenko stussy things like that and i'm going is that the origin of the s the S with the three lines. <laughs> that, that one's just unknown. That's just. I know that's flipping. amazing. If you look it up, they're like, yeah. no one knows where. No they one came knows, from. Yeah. but everybody knows it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Brittany, what happened there with Aaron pulling that completely out of his ass at the last second? Uh, well, Aaron uh, picked up two hundred on that one. Carmela lost. 400 on that one so that means we enter section two with aaron having 2200 to carmela's 1800 so still a very close game that is anyone's to win 
I just want to point out that that is the first time either of you have missed a question this evening. Um, <laughs> Aaron is still perfect. Carmela has missed one question. <laughs> oh, don't kid yourself, Tim. I am far from perfect. Uh, we head to section two of the second half with the categories all about that bass in music, all about that bass in science. And all about that bass in food and drink. Go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. Gee, I wonder who wrote this. Hey, Tim. I have both players' wagers. Well, thank you, Brittany. So let's jump into section two. Our first question is all about that bass in music. Bassist Carol Kay is a prolific session musician known for her work with The Wrecking Crew, Phil Spector, and what group on their albums Smile and Pet Sounds? And this question comes courtesy of Carrie Christian. Thanks, Carrie. Locked in. Aaron's locked in. Carmela, you got 30 seconds. Uh, Pet Sounds is going to be the Beach Boys, so uh, I'm going to say the Beach Boys. And what did you wager on that one, Carmela? I wagered 300 for me and 100 for Aaron. Aaron, you locked in quick. What did you say and what did you wager? Uh, I said Smile was a Beach Boys album, so I said the Beach Boys as well. <laughs> yeah, Pet Sounds is considered one of the best <laughs> albums of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and I went three for myself, two for Carmel. Okay. Uh, well, once again, thanks to Carrie Christian. We asked her to write one question. She sent us four because she couldn't decide. Uh, and we just worked this one in. Um, this was the Beach Boys. Uh, so shout out to Carrie for that question. Uh, Brittany, what happened to the scores there? Uh, well, Tim, Aaron picked up 100 points there and Carmela picked up 200 points. Awesome. Uh, our next question is in the category of all about that base, which is a science question. On the pH scale, what is the highest number associated with the bases? Also, the jersey number of Pete Rose, Terry Henry, and Y.A. Tittle. I'm locked in. Aaron is locked in. Carmelo, you've got 30 seconds. I feel like the bases are the high numbers. I'm trying to remember, does it go to eight or does it go to nine? And I can't remember, so I'm just going to say nine and hope for the best. Carmela locks in with nine. What did you wager here? I wagered um, I wagered 200 for me and 300 for Aaron. And Aaron, what did you lock in with and what did you wager? Uh, I wagered 100 both ways. And what did you lock in with? And I locked in with, uh, should I reason it out or... Do you just not want me to talk anymore, Tim? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, just knowing that on the pH scale, that seven is neutral and it goes from there out. Assuming that I would assume zero is acidic. Uh, also knowing Pete Rose's number helped out on this one. Uh, 14. All right. Uh, 14 is the correct answer. Uh it does go past nine. Aaron took all my flavor text. Water is seven. Yep. Yep. I remember that now. And uh, I've said it once. And I'll say it again. I don't know shit about baseball. So I know when Pete Rose's number would have helped me zero. <laughs> Sarah, did you know this one? 
I would have guessed pretty well. I was like, that's chemistry technically, but I, I mean, after three beers, Sarah thought the bases were the lower numbers. Um, <laughs> thanks, drunk Sarah, my best friend of me. No, I probably would have would have guessed like either that or talked myself to thirteen, be like, is it symmetry? Do you add six or take away seven? Um, knowing yes, guessed knowing no, guessed yes. Put it that way. All right. Well, the answer was fourteen, uh, so job. that will benefit Aaron. How much though, Brittany? Um, well, in total, that looks to be about a 700-point swing in Aaron's favor as he picks up 200, and Carmela loses 500 on that one as we go into our last question of the section. Next up in the category of all about that bass, a food and drink question. Unlike the Chilean sea bass, which is not a sea bass at all and yet branded as such, the European sea bass is typically marketed in North America under what name? In restaurants, common styles of preparation include salt-crusted or, appropriately, Mediterranean style with lemon and capers. Locked in. Aaron's locked in, giving Carmela 30 seconds to talk this out. Oh, gosh. Um, I've probably eaten the Mediterranean-style one plenty of times. Just can't think of what the hell the damn fish is called. Um, I think haddock or cod... I feel like salt crusted cod is a thing. But I also feel like cod is already salty. But I don't I mean they live in the ocean. Everything's gonna be freaking salty. Um so I'm just I'm gonna say cod. We'll see what happens. Carmela locked in with cod. And what did you wager on this one, Carmela? Uh not a lot of confidence for me. I wagered one hundred for myself and two hundred for Aaron. Aaron, what did you lock in with and what were your wagers? On this one, uh, European sea bass. I have. I was at Costco yesterday, which is when I had the second pop of my knee happen. Good job, everybody! And I happened to see this in the cold bins there. Uh, European sea bass. They're they're little guys, like you know, about a foot long. And this is also what I get for watching Food Network a lot. Thanks, Antonio Lafaso. Uh, I, if I'm recalling correctly, this is Branzino. All right, Sarah. Did you have any inkling on this one? No, but that would have been a good guess based on the learnedly question the other day. <laughs> I I feel like I didn't start eating seafood till later in life, so I don't have as much knowledge. I also haven't played learnedly League in almost two years. So oh, yeah, like, there was like the Branzino Bronzino like question, and I spelled it incorrectly, but managed to get it correct. Well, this is a good question, a good guess based on the learnedly question from the other day. Uh, this is Branzino. Uh, so Aaron continues to pitch a perfect game. And what does that do to our scores, Brittany? Well, um, we didn't actually get Aaron's wagers, but I can say those if you want. I thought he did before. No, he he just said what he locked in with, but he didn't give his wagers. Aaron, what'd you wager here? <laughs> I wagered uh, 200 on myself and go fuck you, Tim. Um, <laughs> no. 300 for Carmela. Okay. Well, um, Aaron does pick up 500 on that one where Carmela has lost 300. So we enter the third section with a score of Aaron with 3000 to Carmela with 1200. Aaron's doing great. Girl power though. There's a comeback. There's still, you could still got points on the board. You are definitely doing great too. Our categories for section three in the individual round are Boy Meets Wonder, which is a movies question, 
what a dick, which is a literature question, and did the temperature just drop, which is a theater question. So go ahead and send Brittany your wagers. Sarah, any of these categories sound like something you know? I'm trying to. Fi- I'm pretty good at like theater, but I'm trying to figure out like with that category name, what is it? I'm sitting here trying to reverse it, but also being that Aaron played the freaking Bluey doll, I'm just like da 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 da. I'm sitting here staring in the space with the Bluey theme song in my head. Um, that's pretty much live- my life because I have a two year old. Oh, minus five, and that's like we are trying to disallow weapons right now because it's getting a little too enthusiastic. So we're like, you can watch Bluey because there's no weapons in Bluey. So it's like all Bluey. All the time. Oh my God. I, I, recalled, I recall the gif I put in the Discord of just like the wrestler holding up the bluey. Like like toddlers every morning just holding up the bluey. Like, give uh, me the bluey. <laughs> it's, it's good. Like it hits you in the field. It's not like too pandering to children. But it's a lot of bluey. My name is Boo Boo Babu. I okay. I am tempted, like almost to get a. There's like two things I'm tempted to get a bluey tattoo of because I'm small and I almost want like palm, like pom pom, to be like say like small and hearty breed on it. But I also mm-hmm. am obsessed with um, grumpy grandma muffin. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, on the scooter where she's so mean, and I'm like, I kind <laughs> of want that like so bad. So the way that toddlers are with with bluey is what my sister was like with Shrek. Mm-hmm. So uh, the summer that she was four, uh, that's all she wanted to watch. And so for that, because I was 16 at the time. So I was the one, you know, at home with her. Um, and so we watched Shrek every day, sometimes more than once per day. <laughs> so I know Shrek back and forth, front okay. to back. <laughs> like at least Bluey has like 90 million episodes rather than like one movie <laughs> over and over. Oh, You paint it. You paint it. <laughs> well, Tim, I have both player sets of wagers. Okay, so let's jump in. Our first question is in the category of Boy Meets Wonder, which is a movies question. Fred and Ben Savage play brothers who find and befriend the creature under the bed, played by Howie Mandel in what 1989 film directed by Richard Allen Greenberg? Oh, no. <laughs> Locked in. Oh, no. Aaron is locked in. Carmela, you have 30 seconds. Oh, no. Vote a friend. I'm here. I would vote a friend if I could. I can see it. I just, I don't remember the name of it. (laughs) Oh, all I can think about is my favorite Martian. And I'm like, my favorite monster? <laughs> I'm going to say my favorite monster, but I'm so disappointed. Carmela locks in with my favorite monster. Aaron, what did you lock in with? Oh, I just locked in early to put pressure on Carmela. <laughs> we I, saw have pan- I saw the panic and I did. No, little monsters. Little monsters. <laughs> I knew it was monster. <laughs> Sarah, I, I oh god, it was one of these. One. Like it could have, it was one of these. I know how many times I saw this when I was a kid, and it was either the name would never come to me, but I was like, it's "Little Monsters." Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Carmela, what did you wager here? Too much. Um, <laughs> uh, I wagered two hundred for me, one hundred for Aaron. <laughs> and Aaron, what did you wager here? See, I heard Boy Meets Wonder, and I thought we were going to get Wonder Boy. 
And I thought we were gonna get I thought we were gonna get uh, a natural question. Uh, that's what I was thinking. So I put three hundred for myself and three hundred for Carmella. Ooh, big wager there for Aaron, and it paid off because this is Little Monsters. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think Howie Mandel was blue. Oh, yeah. Nah. He was blue. I'm going to look at it. I'm gonna look this one up for my kiddo. I feel like he might like it. Oh, God. He's blue. I think he's got horns. He's. I thought he oh, had like yeah. a creature from the Brack Lagoon type of. This is know. like unlocking memories for me. Yeah. Let's go down this path. At least like, it's just, not in me. The, the sheer millennial panic inside my brain going, I know what this fucking movie is. <laughs> But it's not coming out mm-hmm. of my head. Oh God, yeah. And it was oh. super young Ben and Fred Savage. Mm-hmm. So Brittany, what does that do to our scores? Well, we had a nine hundred point swing there as Aaron picked up six hundred and Carmela lost three hundred, meaning we go into question two with a score of thirty six hundred for Aaron to Carmela's nine hundred. Yep. okay question number two is in the category of what a dick which is a literature question which raymond chandler creation made his first novel appearance in the big sleep though he also appeared in the short story finger man five years earlier his last appearance was in 1989 after robert b parker extended chandler's unfinished work into poodle springs and liam neeson plays him in a 2022 film locked in Aaron is locked in. Carmella, you have 30 seconds. Uh, so, so I did not think that, that that's what this question was going to be when I wagered. Um, so uh, I'm going to I'm going to uh, bring him back uh, for this half of the episode. I'm going to go with Richard Karn. <laughs> <laughs> Carmella locked in with Richard Karn. And what did you wager here? I wagered 300 for me and 200 for Aaron. Sorry, the correct answer was Billy Mays. (laughs) Yes, Billy Mays. (laughs) Aaron, what did you lock in with and what were your wagers? Well, that's crazy because I just said Richard Kind for my answer. (laughs) That's crazy. No. Uh, I actually saw the Liam Neeson movie. It's not a, people, they get good reviews, but it's not as bad as it comes out to be. Uh, this is Philip Marlowe. And what did you wager? Uh, I wagered 100 across. Sarah, did this tickle anything for you? It's funny you ask because I always guess like Sam Spade because I prefer British detective stuff. And I always think like the one American one I've really read is the Maltese Falcon. But I just got this wrong on an online quiz earlier today. So I was like, I know it's Philip Marlowe because I got that wrong like three hours ago. And it is Philip Marlowe. Aaron, good job. It's another one correct. And Brittany, where are we at with our scores? Well, uh, before I reveal that, I just want to say Sarah and I often joke about having similar stats in Learned League and just similar like play styles. I also always say Sam Spade when it's a Philip Marlowe question. <laughs> American detective <laughs> Sam Spade, <laughs> who I think was maybe created by someone named. No, I'm not even going to say it because I'll say it wrong. Um, but this was uh, Philip Marlowe, like Tim said, uh, and he asked me what the scores were. So now I'm going to say that part. Um, Aaron picked up 200 points on that one where Carmela lost 500. So we go into question three of the section with a score of 3,800 for Aaron to Carmela having 400. <laughs> she looks real familiar, guys. You got it. You got it. Still alive. 
Sam, Sam Spade is Dashiell Hammett. Okay, yeah, Dashiell Hammett. I was like, yeah. I'm not even going to say Marlo because I'm going to be wrong. <laughs> Only because I'm a massive Thin Man fan. Mm. Okay, our final question in section three is in the category of did the temperature just drop, which is a theater question. Along with Tom Kitt, Lin-Manuel Miranda co-wrote the music for which musical, loosely based on a movie of the same name from 2000. It had a short run on Broadway in 2012, but with far less Crimson and Clovers than the movie. Sarah, you look really excited. I am. Okay. Did you figure out that this is where it was going to go when you saw the clue? I was actually curious about that one, yeah. I'm going to lock in. Carmela is going to lock in? <laughs> like, uh, I don't feel super confident about it, but I'm going to go with it. <laughs> Aaron, you have 30 seconds. I'm sassy. I'm cute. I'm popular to boot. Based on the clue with Clover's... Uh, for you can't see it if you're listening to us, and we apologize because this is a visual medium. Uh, Clovers is capitalized in the question here, so I am going to say, "Bring it on." Aaron goes, "Bring it on." Carmela is holding her forehead. Did did you lock it with the wrong one? Oh, I definitely did, and I because oh. I was not paying attention to all <laughs> the words in the question because it is. 11.30 on a Sunday and I've been up since 7. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just tired at this point. Um, yeah, needs I, tuck-ins. I do. I, I, I need my bed. Um, <laughs> but it's not an excuse. I should still read. Um, I completely missed the Clovers thing and I'm like, Lin-Manuel Miranda was part of the... I was thinking that the movie was something that was recently that came out and I think they did Tick, Tick, Boom for Netflix um and so i said tick tick boom um because i know he had a hand in that and uh i was definitely wrong because it is for sure bring it on <laughs> carmella what did you wager here oh 100 for me and 300 for aaron and aaron what did you wager i don't think we got that uh it's 200s across the board Sarah, you you got really excited oh, about yeah. this one. I love. I miss living in New York, like the New York area, because I miss Broadway. But I still keep track of things. I was like, oh, the only music I can think of temperature is like Burr. It's cold in here. Didn't know the Lin Manuel Miranda connection, so that's really interesting. And I've never seen the musical, but everyone's like, it's better than you expect. It's legit, real good. But it's gonna get a short, like the short end of the stick, because it's based on Bring It On. Yeah, I completely missed that part of the. I was like. Like, I don't know. I got so hung up on Lin Manuel and Miranda. I was like, he was involved with Tick Tick Boom. Let's go with that. <laughs> and this was, as Aaron put it so beautifully, uh, bring it on the musical. So, Brittany, what does that do for us here? Well, Tim, Burr, it's cold in here. There must be an 800 point swing in the atmosphere. <laughs> um, Aaron picks up 400 and Carmela loses 400, which unfortunately brings Carmela to zero points, making Aaron our victor with 4,200 points. You did awesome. That was amazing to watch. <laughs> well done. Records across the board. Aaron threw a perfect game. He got. Eight in the 
team round. He got nine in the individual round and all six in the hot seat round. You did not miss a question today, Aaron. A five in a hot seat. I can count. Well, two. sorry, no, 600, 600 points. points. Yeah. Five, five questions, 600 points. Yeah. And um, I already have written part of your question that I'm sending in for your friend. Are you giving him the enemy or the friend version? Oh, I know which way out. she's going on this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was just happy that I got to team up with Carmela again. That's, that made me happy. Yeah, a little behind the scenes. Originally... Jeremy was on this episode, but he had a conflict come up and Aaron graciously agreed to step in uh, and trade spots with Jeremy in the episode Aaron was scheduled for. So um, I knew and I, he, I knew he was going to be really excited to see Carmela again. He talks about how big of a fan of yours he is all, all the time. As I, as, I, as, I, as, I, as I say, it's my favorite ginger who hosts trivia. <laughs> and my favorite and my favorite ginger who hosts trivia that I am not dating. <laughs> it's an important caveat. Yeah. Very important caveat. Hashtag Team Carmela. <laughs> Which means we have reached the end of our game, and Aaron is our best friend of me for this week. Moving on to round two, the finals in the tournament of frenemies. Uh Aaron, how do you feel after that? Stunned, actually. Um, it just hit very strong wheelhousey kind of things. A couple good bounces went our way, too. Uh, the York Lancaster one was a huge bounce yeah. that went oh our way gosh. on that one. That was, <laughs> that was a big swing point on that one. Uh, love for the competitors, absolutely. I mean... Everyone was everyone was great tonight. Uh, Sarah drank a crowler during the game. So I did. I, mean, I did much better in my second half. Like it's always one of these, you know, like the it's a the luck of the draw with questions. I would have done way better in the second part in the round two than I did in round one. Sarah wins tonight's episode of the Jay Borsum Medal for being really pissed off at the second half questions. <laughs> Being in their wheelhouse more than the first half. What happens? Well, before we go, Aaron, we do want to give you anything that you want to plug. So go ahead. The time is yours. Uh, if I'm going to plug anything, it's going to be anything on this channel. Welcome to PTE. Check out Pub Trivia Experience, Boozy Bracketology, Frenemy Trivia. Keep your eyes peeled. There is new content coming out down the road here from the PTE network. So check that out. Also, check out our awesome friends over at. Trivial Warfare and that all content. And of course, check out one of my best frenemies ever, Carmela, <laughs> on foreplay, if you haven't yet. Well, we appreciate it. Carmela, how are you feeling as the runner up tonight? You know what? I, um, knowing Aaron the way that I do and playing with him, because this is not the first time we've teamed up. Uh, this was not an unforeseen outcome for me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm at peace with it. I, like I said, I was already starting to write. I'm like, yep, I know exactly what I'm going to do, <laughs> but I still played and these were good questions. And I, uh, it's always fun to come on to, to this show, to anything on PTE network. Um, uh, because I think I've been on all of the shows now. Um, <laughs> so mm -hmm. I need to get back on actual PTE though. Mm -hmm. I need to do that again. Me too. Yeah. So. Well, go ahead and plug what you have to plug there, Carmela. 
Sure thing. Uh, Aaron already kind of did it for me, but um, I am one of the hosts on Trivial Warfare, which is part of the Oaks Media Group uh, set of shows. Um, you could check us out over on Trivial Warfare. You can also check me out. I host a puzzle game show called Foreplay. We're about to start back up for our new season. So if you like puzzles about connections, come check us out every Friday. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys both coming on. Sarah, how are you feeling after that game? I'm pretty great. I mean, I would have gotten steamrollered by the Aaron train as well, but I would have done better in the second half. <laughs> and do you have anything to plug? Um, I mean, one, I will always plug foreplay. That's so fun. That is such a fun game. But um, it's the beginning of October, and October is the month we adopted our first two rescue dogs. So I always love to say, I don't know when they were born, but it's like their birthdays. Um, so I say support to your local animal shelters and rescue organizations. Uh, everyone got pets during COVID, and now they're returning them because they're horrible people. Um, so shelters are filling up again, and rescue organizations need their help, support them monetarily adopt a pet or if you can't just find other ways to volunteer and support or if you have the space foster pets i couldn't so, i would have like seven million pets if i did that if I had it would just house, stay forever if i had a house we would have like 14 foster kitties in here all the time it's just how it and finally matt do you have anything to plug be kind to each other that's it well, we appreciate all of you being on. Uh, obviously, Aaron, we'll move on to our finals. Carmela, you already know we'll be reaching out to you. Uh, but that'll do it here for us at Frenemy Trivia. Make sure to follow us at Frenemy Trivia on Facebook, X, Instagram, Threads, and now we're on Blue Sky. To find us and our sister shows, Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology, as well as our community pages and Patreon, check us out at ptebb.com. Even if you can't support us financially, which we understand, you can always support us by subscribing and leave us a review on your favorite podcast app or your least favorite app. We're there, too. If you're interested in being on any of our shows, go to ptebb.com slash appearance request. For Frenemy Trivia, I've been Tim. I've been Brittany. I'm Aaron. I'm Carbella. I'm Matt. And I'm Sarah. And we'll see you next week. I would have paid money to see Billy Mays host Family Feud. Okay, oh, you're a little okay because like all the girls in my middle school were obsessed with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and that like, yeah, yeah the, the middle. He was the voice child. of Simba. Yeah, yeah. Lion King. Well, young Simba, but he was like he got famous from being um, Matthew not Brad, Randy. Broderick, the, Randy. Yeah. Broderick. the adult Simba. Okay, Matthew Broderick, Matthew Broderick, the guy from uh, Ferris Bueller. Yes, That's that guy. Inspector Gadget. I know who people are. <laughs> did you just say or Inspector <laughs> Gadget? How dare Actually, that is, that is where I know him from more. Oh, I'll be honest. So <laughs>